Hi, this is Charlie uh, with the podcast To Hell and Back. It is September 12th, 2018. I think this is my 29th podcast, if I looked back at my website. Um, And I'm in Northampton, Massachusetts. So welcome. Thank you for tuning in, whether it's right now or whether it's in the future when you listen in from wherever it is, either iTunes or my website. Um, I uh, just arrived home, which is where I do this podcast, and I always use a landline so that I have a good connection. And... uh, and the power just went out, so there's no landline. So I'm on my cell phone for the first time, so hopefully this will work. Second, I arrived home, and uh, I came home from my office, and I was going to teach from a certain book, uh, the skills manual, and then I looked in my briefcase and realized I didn't put it in. So uh, I'll be teaching on the wing, you might say, stuff that I know but not very not organized exactly the way it is in the skills manual. But you know what's perfect is that the topic for this podcast is reality acceptance, is the skills to accept reality as it is, exactly as it is, exactly as it unfolds, and be with it, whether you move on to uh, do one thing with it or another thing with it. It is just that skill, just that stance of, okay, now this is true. Okay, now this is true. So I would say to myself now, breathing in, the landline isn't working. Breathing out, the landline isn't working. Breathing in, I don't have the skills manual. Breathing out, I don't have the manual with me. And in doing so, If these were very challenging things, I'd say they're minor inconveniences. But if they were very challenging things, I would need to do that again and again and again and again and just settle myself down if these were big things that uh, were really going to derail me. As so many things in life do, um, the uh, reality acceptance skills, of which there are many, would include just breathing in what is real, breathing out what is real, possibly breathing in and letting yourself feel and think and see what is real, and then breathing out, uh, accept that this is real. And sometimes this is harder than other times. Uh, Breathing in, I feel very angry at my friend. Breathing out, I feel very angry at my friend. Breathing in, I have angry thoughts. Breathing out, I have angry thoughts. And it sounds so simple and it sounds, uh, if you don't uh, get the incredible value of this, pointless to just say the obvious, so to speak. Uh, You could even say, if you're just overwhelmed, breathing in, I feel overwhelmed. Breathing out, I feel overwhelmed. 
Breathing in, I know I have so much to do. Breathing out, I feel overwhelmed. But what you are doing by that simple practice and by using the breath, and if you can do it mindfully, and if you can do it mm, without uh, too much angst, you gradually soften your awareness of your anger or of being overwhelmed or whatever else it is. Breathing in, I'm aware of my loss, of my dog. Breathing out, I'm sad about my dog. And maybe you've been uh, torn up by the loss. And if you keep doing that, it is just one of many possible techniques to just let your body, your breath, your mind take its time, allow itself the space to just accept what is real. Because if you don't, there are unfortunate consequences sometimes. For one thing, it may make you more sad or more angry or more fearful or some other painful emotion to just accept what is real, something you would rather not admit right now. Um, but, uh, and then you'd have that sadness and then you might have tearfulness and that tearfulness is really our human expression of just accepting sometimes the sadness of what is real just as genuine joy might emerge from just accepting the joy accepting the joy of what has happened uh, accepting triumph when that has happened it really isn't just with sadness it isn't just with anger it isn't just with anything this is a fundamental basic skillful thing to do in our lives and I feel almost as if how silly that I'm uh, talking to you and as if I'm sharing some new information because it would be like saying hey guess what everybody we breathe and saying it with enthusiasm when everybody knows we breathe and things like that and it's stating the obvious but I have to say in my in my experience about of myself as well as other people I know and people I work with in therapy accepting what is real is actually um, not always happening and it isn't always even clear how to do that or what it would mean to do that so that's what I'm going to talk about today and probably what I'll do if I think I've left out some skills specific skills by next week uh, by next you know by the time I'm done with this I will next week probably revisit this uh, with to clean to clean it up further with specific skills from the manual because there's many ways to do the general thing that I'm talking about right now. Um, let me tell you one more more thing, which was kind of a self-discovery this past week uh, of one of the surprising ways to not accept what's happening when we think we do I'm talking about myself um, when I work with people who are suffering and uh, and I want to make them feel better and I'm very motivated for that 
and I'm willing to think out of the box, and I'm willing to try to figure something out that hasn't been figured out yet, and I'm willing to get on the phone, and I'm willing to take a walk with someone, I'm willing to figure out and, and, and concretely roll up my sleeves and help out with something if I think that that's the right way to go. And I go very much that way. But what I've discovered and what I've thought about this past week uh, more than before is that sometimes my efforts to help somebody to fix something are actually not grounded uh, in the acceptance of what is going on, the acceptance of the suffering, the acceptance of the source of the suffering. So let's say I'm working really, really hard to change something in somebody that nothing has been able to change yet, but I decide I'm going to do this and I get very, and I'm upset about what they're going through. So you might think that I've accepted what they're going through and I'm trying to work on it. But actually sometimes in certain situations, and I've done this sometimes with my children, uh, I work really hard. I think really hard. I'm guessing people listening include some people who do this. Um, in a way that is almost a substitute for a prior step, which would be just to actually fully and in every pore of myself, something Marshall Linehan might call radical acceptance, just accept the uh, suffering that someone's going through, accept the fact that nothing has worked to help that accept that this person feels and, and appears to be in some ways trapped uh, within uh, irreducible symptomatology. And, uh, uh, and if I let go of the effort to change things, which may look like it's a compassionate effort, if I let go of that and just sit there and look reality in the face and be with the other person, the most likely thing to happen to me is tears start coming out. And I just think, how sad. Like on Monday morning, in one of my weekly consultations for the Department of Mental Health, a two-hour meeting with a team of people that, uh, that showed up but without the client. The client decided not to come. And it's a 30-something-year-old 30, 30 schizophrenic woman who really can't keep her thoughts straight and her impulses straight. And she's a very interesting person. And these people work very hard. And I got in this frame of mind while I was listening to them because here's the thing that happens in situations like this. They're trying really hard to help her, to help her avoid trouble, to help her do constructive things, to help her build her life. And um, it's not, but not doing the kind of thing I'm talking about right now. But I sat there and I just looked at these people and thought, they are suffering. They are working so hard. They have taken this woman into their minds and they are thinking about it over time. And I just felt tearful about them and how hard they were, they're working without yet seeing any progress and thought about that woman. So, you know, I do think that what I'm talking about today is not the step of compassion. It isn't the step of doing the right thing, and it isn't the step of um, working really hard. It's the ground underneath all of that if you're being really incredibly skillful.
and you can apply it to other people in your environment when you see things that are hard to accept, and you can apply it to things within yourself if you have a behavioral pattern that's very hard to accept. If you have something that's happened to you that's causing you a lot of pain and it's hard to accept, the idea here is that you may go about fixing it. You may work really hard about it. You may do lots of things. But the idea of of radical acceptance and reality acceptance skills is that you do it upon a ground where you have taken the moment to accept what's actually real. Um, I want to proceed. By the way, I've mentioned one skill so far of the six reality acceptance skills that Linehan put in her manual for DBT. And that is radical acceptance. And I'm going to keep referring back to it. That's a big one. In her previous manual, she didn't even call that a skill. She called it a principle because it's deep and it's broad. But in fact, this time around, in the edition of the manual, the, late, the second edition of the manual, she spelled out specific steps for how to radically accept things. And I'll remember them well enough to say some of them as I go along and maybe clean it up next time. Uh, make sure you, you, get, you get this idea. can also turn to her work, her skills manual, uh, to find these things. Um, so let me proceed by talking about uh, couple uh, situations from today. I was consulting, as I sometimes do, uh, often do, on the, uh, not on the phone, but on Skype or FaceTime or one of the many platforms that are confidential uh, for uh, talking with a group of people. And I was supervising a team of people from another state who do DBT in, a, uh, in residential settings and other settings. And one of them was presenting a case to me. And that case was a, a case of a, a 21-year-old woman. And that woman, uh, as was described, uh, was uh, very depressed, felt very hopeless, felt almost immobilized, was withdrawing from any interpersonal contact, was pulling back from any expectations in treatment, going to meetings, uh, and multiple medications have been tried, uh, and uh, including even the latest thing, uh, ketamine, and uh, she remains depressed, if anything, more so. She came to this program because she had made a suicide attempt. Um, and she made a suicide attempt and was in a hospital for some time before she then came to this program. Uh, and she still actively has wishes uh, to die. Uh, her time at the program is running out. There's limits on how much insurance uh, is willing to pay for this level of care. Um, she has very supportive parents uh, that come to see her from another uh, state uh, from where she is. Um, and she spends most of her time lying in bed. And if anyone talks to her, which she doesn't really like to do very much, she ruminates. She thinks about, uh, about uh, how hopeless things are and how she 
isn't going to make it and goes over and over the reasoning for that and why did that happen and what is it about her and feeling terrible and she suffers a lot when she's doing this but she can't interrupt this cycle and she's working with some very smart people now imagine that you are the parents of this young woman or you are her sibling or you are a friend of hers or you are somebody who is a uh, a therapist or clinician or counselor of some kind that's working with her and you are torn up about her it wakes you up at night you carry it home with you it really depresses you um, you come to see her or talk to her and you try to convince her to do the things she's not doing with the hope that that'll make a difference you push her to do X to get out of bed you push her to do Y to go to treatment programs and uh, to interact with people and you get attached to doing that because you think that's going to help her if only you can put your weight towards that and of course when she still doesn't do any of those things uh, you get really upset and after a while you might get detached and you might get burned out about this um, and you start to feel yourself that you are trying to help her and it's not working so uh, the more you do the worse it gets your own suffering goes up probably the client's suffering goes up because she's aware that you're pushing and it's not changing anything um, you're getting worn out and uh, things are not getting better so you it isn't uh, for lack of motivation on your part um, and the question is um, of all the things that we have in the manual the skills in DBT for so many situations where there's adversity what are we talking about today well one step you could take in that moment is radical acceptance which would be to what you'd, you'd need to be thinking well what is that what does that mean well for one thing the way to get there would be for this moment realize that you're pushing so hard and nothing's changing and it's getting frustrating and it's getting difficult um, by the way I'm getting a cell phone call so it's making and it's gonna make some beeps I don't know how that sounds to you um, so the first thing you need to do is to recognize that you are pushing against reality you're trying to change reality and while that may be workable at some point and admirable and it, and it may require that kind of force in fact you might need to just stop it just stop stop trying so hard stop trying to change things for the moment since nothing's changing things and just let go just let go it sets the stage for doing radical acceptance and then what is it to do radical acceptance well and realize radical acceptance does not mean you're giving up it doesn't mean you're letting go of working towards progress it doesn't mean that you are accepting really what's going on in the sense of approving of it it doesn't mean that you're submitting to what's going on as if it's overcome you it it is a more active proactive stance than that where you're sitting opposite another person or the other person you're carrying in your mind and you are just letting go of pushing to change things and you're kind of lifting up a veil between you and that person and you're saying 
oh my God, here is the reality. Breathing in, she is so depressed, she's hopeless. Breathing out, she thinks she has only one option, which is to die. And you go back and forth with that, and you just kind of like use your breath to just uh, let that sit in you, let that settle in you, let that occupy a space in you, and listen to yourself or feel yourself so that you feel it. And if you do get sad because you've stopped pushing and it's sad what's going on, you let yourself cry. And that's part of accepting is, and then uh, you have emotions of different kinds, but you try to emphasize the emotion, uh, emotions that are part of just accepting, which might be sadness, it might be mm, regret, depending on your circumstance, uh, but it's a softening of your emotions. So it isn't like, God damn it, she's got to do this, and I'm not giving up on her, all of which you know I really admire. But there's this other side, which is, no, it might be helpful to everybody involved to just accept. And to, by the way, that kind of radical acceptance from the inside out of somebody's fate outside yourself and acceptance of your own inability to change it, which creates your own pain, that kind of acceptance does not mean you're departing the field. You're not withdrawing from the person. You are actively mm, authoring acceptance that this is reality. Not acceptance that this needs to stay this way, but this moment. This is a skill for this moment. And of course, when you're thinking this way, you realize there only is this moment. Anything else is imagine a cat catastrophizing about this person's future or, or, or ruminating and regretting what happened in the past. This is like just accepting this is the current state of the universe in this human being and in me, and I'm just going to be with it. I'm just going to be with it. And you might need to accept it in your body. In other words, you might notice if you're trying to practice radical acceptance that you have tension in your stomach that you have tension in your face or your neck, that you have tension going down your back, that you're clenching your fists. It might be that you start to notice that your body is the body of somebody who is not accepting. Just accept it. Just let your tension drain out and stop compensating for reality and just accept reality and just feel it, and it could be painful. I did this in a little way uh, yesterday when I went to see the dentist, and a few painful things were being done in my mouth. <laughs> and um, I just thought, I'm going to adopt an attitude of acceptance, because I hate dental pain, and I have my whole life. I just am always clenched up about it like oh no here it comes oh no i have to be at the dentist oh no listen to that sound in the in the next room over where they're drilling on the person it just like sets it off i have sort of trauma it seems like about about that. and just thought you know what it's just going to be pain just open your mouth let them do what they need to do and expect there'll be some pain and but no more or no less than there will be and just feel it and it, it was painful but you know, it was different. It was different. And um, then my usual way, which usually is to say, 
could you give me like five more doses of Novocaine since I hate pain? And then I get a whole attitude and I create an attitude in the person helping me. No, I just sat there and thought, you know, it's just going to be pain and it's going to be temporary um, and, and it might be hard. So it's accepting the person you're opposite from deep within using your body to accept. And you want to accept with your thinking. So you might be generating catastrophic thoughts. You might be generating despairing thoughts. You might be generating thoughts like, this isn't fair. This isn't right. Judgmental thoughts. Why did this happen to this person? She's been so good. She's worked so hard. And in fact, that's not how the universe works. So you actually have a worldview at that moment that's different than reality. So the idea here is to just accept with your thoughts, accept with your emotions, accept with your body, um, and let yourself feel it all the way. The difference between acceptance and radical acceptance really is just one of, of the depth of your entire being, your soul, your heart, so that you're accepting something that's going on and you're just being there as if the, all there is is this pain and you and you're just letting yourself feel it. It's like taking care of a baby. This I always come back to the Thich Nhat Hanh me- metaphor and reality that you know, when a baby's crying, you know what to do. You hold the baby. You don't catastrophize about it. Actually, some people might. I remember I did a few times when I was alone taking care of my first son uh, at the house and I didn't know what to do. And I would like, oh no, what's going on? And I would have non-accepting thoughts. I would think, this, this is a six-month-old who actually is trying to ruin my life. You know, I'm, he's getting under my skin. Why is he doing this to me? You know, that's, that's the kind of thinking that grows out of non-acceptance of reality. No, you know what? This is a six-month-old. And six-month-olds cry. And they cry for lots of reasons. And we need to just hold them and let them cry. Let them cry. Feel them. Let them feel us. Notice what's going on. Soften a little bit. And maybe we'll figure out what's going on and be able to remedy it. Okay? So all of those things are steps in the direction of radical acceptance. Here's another example. Um, It was another uh, situation presented in the same meeting. And it it was another uh, therapist who was telling me about a client in the program that's relatively new to the program who has uh, who's a, a a relatively young woman i think she's probably in her early 30s and she has two children uh young children but she has not been able to stay home and take care of them um, because she's been uh, depressed and feeling suicidal she has a history in her childhood herself have been abused uh, in really unfortunate ways, and she has PTSD and depression and suicidality. And in fact, she was hospitalized for many months before she came to the program, just like the other client. And uh, she desperately misses her children, and she feels very guilty that she's not with them. Even though they're being well cared for, she feels uh, guilty that she, as their mother, should be there. And she was starting to do better 
in the treatment and coming, coming to terms with their situation, starting to accept that though nobody wants this to be one's situation, nobody thinks of this when you get married or have children, nobody thinks of this as a child, you know, that, that this is, uh, you know, has now happened. It's come into being for reasons that are probably biochemical, probably uh, circumstantial, and whatever it is, there you are. And so accepting that is very, very hard. And so she was having trouble accepting it, but she seemed to be coming to terms with it, as they put it, which when I asked more about it, meant that she's more accepting that this is her situation, that she needs treatment, that she's going to need to continue treatment, that she needs support of a kind that she didn't used to need as much. Um, and so she's, uh, uh, things, are, things are getting somewhat better. Then within the past two weeks, in this context, uh, she has a boyfriend, uh, the, the father of the children, and she are not together. And she had a boyfriend and that was going pretty well, and then I think it got too much for him, and he broke up with her. Um, and she was going okay with that, apparently, and then she learned that her children, who were supposed to come and visit her, so in this case, uh, she learned that her kids aren't going to be able to come visit. It's going to cost too much. Uh, for their father to bring them uh, for a visit, which is quite at a distance. And in the context of that, she lost her motivation in her treatment. Uh, she lost her hope, and she stopped going to uh, group, group meetings, and she stopped using skills that she had been using, and her commitment generally went down. Now, the therapist is trying to help, uh, but there's no progress being made, and the therapist is asking me what to do. And once again, I started by saying, look, you're trying really hard. You're trying everything. You're trying to convince her to do things. It's almost becoming a tug of war or a pushing battle between you and the patient, trying to get, get, get her to do things that would help her. You know inside she's motivated. You know circumstances are bad. So I want you to take some time. And in this very moment, I just want you to just notice what is what is true about this woman and I had this person just talk to me about that what is true well she is feeling hopeless she has taken a very serious overdose in the past she is thinking life's not worth living and that she'll no longer be with her children and of course uh, and I feel like I should uh, counter all of these things because um, they're not realistic. If she gets better, she'll be able to say, okay. So that's also true. That's also true. We can accept that it's impermanent. But we also, I want you to accept that this is the reality right now. And just let yourself notice what thoughts emerge, what feelings emerge, while you just breathe in and breathe out and think about this client and her situation and see if you can accept uh, what is. And again, the steps would be the steps of, uh, of radical acceptance, of noticing I'm fighting reality, noticing I'm trying to change reality, uh, noticing where in your body you're fighting reality or where you've tensed up based on reality, and where can you soften in order to allow reality. If, body, if your body was, the, was your mind, uh, how you're just going to accept reality at this point and uh, what kind of thinking can you do to just accept this and, and let, can you let yourself have those emotions that go with accepting this um, 
Can you imagine how you would be if you were accepting this? And if you can't accept this, can you allow yourself to accept that you can't accept this? So it's just another place you can go sometimes. If you have a situation that's hard for you to accept, maybe the best you can do in the moment is to accept that it's too hard to accept. It's like forgiving yourself for not being able to forgive yourself or forgive yourself for not being able to forgive somebody, something. It's just sort of like you're finding a way to just be with things as they are uh, and tolerate it. Just be with it and tolerate it, okay? So that's the idea um, with these cases. And with any case, you know, people have asked me in the past week a few questions related to this because they knew I was going to be talking about radical acceptance. And I think it brings uh, one thing, it brings up another of the skills. When you practice radical acceptance, let me just make a few points about it and then move to the next skill. Uh, realize this is a temporary measure you're taking. Now, maybe you can always be radically accepting reality, though that would be pretty rare unless this is your total devotion in life. And some, for some people, that becomes their devotion in life. But actually, for most people, it's like stopping, taking time out, pausing, breathing, noticing what's going on, letting yourself deeply take it in, let your mind and body wrap around what's going on and accept what's going on whatever you're going to do next and realize that it's temporary that you can do this for a little bit and it can even give you a little softening it can give you a little relief it can give you a different view of the circumstances and you might find that five minutes or five hours later you're totally back in ruminating fighting reality pushing reality trying to change reality from a from a stance of aggravation and frustration and then you have to do it again you have to radically re-accept reality. And the term for that in the skills manual is the second of the six skills, which is called turning the mind. You assume when you do radical acceptance that your mind is going to fall out of radical acceptance again and again and again. And so you have to go back to do it again. You have to realize, oops, oops, I'm not accepting this again because it's too painful to accept. It's too worrisome to accept. This could be a chronic situation where you have a family member who is doing something on an ongoing chronic basis that is really worrisome. It might be an addiction that's very active. It might be stealing that's going on. It might be a depression that seems not to be able to be treatable. It might be that you just have somebody who just isn't doing anything with their life and no matter what you've tried and anybody else has tried, they're stuck. They're just staying in one place, so to speak, at least from your point of view. And so it's very painful and you think you should be doing things and you fault yourself when you're not doing things. So you try to radically accept this is as it is. Let me just return to radically accepting reality. And then you find, nope, this is a chronic situation. So you get up the next morning and you're confronted with the same set of facts. Now, they aren't really the same, but you don't know they're not really the same because everything appears to be the same. But the fact is nothing can ever be the same two days in a row. And you just might not perceive because it's subtle things. But let's say you think it just keeps being the same. Then you just get aggravated again. It's like a complex that you're just ready to and think, you know, what am I doing? This radically accepting this is permitting it. I'm just permitting it. 
You're radically accepting it. I'm approving of this. I'm allowing this. I'm enabling this. And in fact, that isn't anything of what you're intending to do. It, it's, it's actually, if, you, if things were working to change it, you, I'd say keep pushing. Make it work. But if things aren't working or at, at this moment you're taking a breather from that because there's no obvious progress, no, just radically accept this is what it is. And you might start saying, but why? But why? And even that is a step away from radically accepting. When you start to say, why? Why? Just as much as if I start to say, I'm going to do this about it. I've got to figure out another thing about it. These are all pathways the mind takes that remove us from the painful acceptance of reality and the acceptance of painful reality. Um, So you just have to keep turning the mind, turning the mind. Another problem with radically acceptance is this, is radical acceptance to some people, they misunderstand it and they start uh, applying it to things that actually are not facts. They start radically accepting judgments like, I'm, I'm going to radically accept that I'm a hopeless human being. I'm going to radically accept that I'm bad. I'm going to radically accept that nothing I ever do turns out ever well. I'm going to radically accept that I will never be loved in my life the way I want to be. Now, all of these things are painful recognitions of something, but they're extrapolations into the future, in, into larger than reality. And when you start to say, I'm going to breathe in that I'm a jerk, breathe out that I'm a jerk. You know, you could start radically accepting, breathe in and accept that I'll never be loved. Breathe out, accept that I'll never be loved. No, that's radically accepting something that is beyond what you know. What you know is that you don't feel loved now. What you know is that maybe you haven't had the kind of love in your life up to now that you want to have. Those are facts. So you really want to distinguish whether you're trying to radically accept things that actually just promotes judgmental thinking or erroneous thinking, alternative facts in the current lingo in our country. Another, another thing here, big one, this is big, big, big one, and you may think you already know this, but we, most of us, uh, fall away from this many times. We mistakenly think that acceptance, and we fault ourselves for this, that acceptance, radical acceptance, we do that instead of pushing for change. Um, That is just so, so not the case. That is, if you think that about acceptance, that is just not what acceptance is, of skillful acceptance. You know, somehow that includes thinking that Acceptance, as I was saying earlier, is a form of approval. Uh, It's a form of agreement. Let's say you accept that your family member has a severe substance abuse problem and you're terrified of it. And then if you accept in your mind that it is what it is, if you radically accept with your mind, your body, and your soul, and your heart, this is a sad, difficult situation that's been accumulating for quite a while. That's just accepting the fact of what is. That isn't making a decision to approve of it. That isn't making an ex- a decision to submit to it. That's just accepting what is. And then you can go from that on to be thinking, 
gee, now that I'm sort of settled into seeing clearly, seeing accurately, seeing factually what is with my family member's substance abuse problem, anxiety problem, depression problem, my own uh, pain out of what I've lost of something in my life. Um, now, you then, on the basis of of, of a position of acceptance of reality, recognition of reality, you then can be kind of thinking, gee, what am I going to do? What can I do about this? And that's where you might decide to take a very strong action towards change. One of these people that was being presented to me today, when they said all the different medications this person had been on and nothing is working, I said, well, what about ECT? Has that been discussed by the psychiatrist or the doctor or the team? Said, well, yeah, but she doesn't want ECT. Uh, she's willing to do TMS, transcranial, transcranial magnetic stimulation, but not ECT. And I said, okay, I can understand uh, that. I don't know what her thinking is about that. Well, we're, she's afraid she's going to lose her memory. Okay, well, that's probably the most common reason people are frightened of ECT, in addition, just the image of ECT that's been put forth in the media and the stigma about it. But, but do you know the facts about this? That ECT with refractory depression helps about 80% of people. That TMS helps closer to, as far as we can tell so far, 50%. That the medications we usually give are somewhere between 30 and 60%. There is nothing that rivals ECT if nothing else is working. So are you really grabbing hold of the facts and pushing? Because this is a case where I think at the same moment I'm asking you to be dialectical, which means I'm asking you to be radically accepting of the nature of this woman's problems and your feelings about her problems, radically accepting this whole complex, however it came into being, it is in being, and it's been going for a while, and you can't predict what's coming. But then, if you turn the corner towards change, while based in radical acceptance of reality, you can still stay in reality by saying, look, I want us to do the pros and cons together of different options that you have in front of you. And if so, I'd want to push what the facts are. And so by no means do you not push for change. In, in fact, you're probably a more effective change agent if you just accept reality and if the person you're with who's used to being pushed by you, judged by you, frustrating you, if that person knows that you are just sitting in recognition of reality, where you maybe even get tearful now and then, and you validate the other person in a deep way by grasping the reality of their internal world as well as their functioning right now, right? So then you would go ahead and go try to change things. In Linehan's skills manual, when she's talking about this and about, um, about being willing, which we'll get to, but it's just what I'm talking about right now. She uses an exa the example of uh, Viktor Frankl's reporting in his book, the, uh, what is it? All of you are listening and you already know what the answer is. The, it's the... Um, um, 
the search for meaning in life, man's search for meaning, and it's his experience in the Holocaust. And that being in the Holocaust by this report and by other reports, the level, the degree, the repetitiveness of needing to radically accept reality was unbelievably off the charts. That to accept this extraordinary, uh, uh, horrific, rigid reality that you're living in um, might help you do the right things. It doesn't make you submit. It doesn't make you give in. It doesn't make you approve of what's going on, not, not in any way, shape, or form. It allows you to just be wide awake. Look what is happening here. So if you don't accept reality, you don't recognize reality, you might take actions at a certain moment that get you killed because it's, you, you act out of how reality should be. You see somebody treated terribly, maybe shot, maybe taken away, and you know what's happening, and you fight it uh, before you accept the reality that you're in. And in the way that you fight it, the way you try to bring about change, you know, you, the consequences are dire. So as Linehan put it in the skills manual, she said, if somebody survived the Holocaust, one of the concentration camps, um, first of all, there was probably a heavy dose of just luck because it's so random in some respects, like what happens to different people. And you can't predict all of that and you can't control that. So there's a, a big component of luck. But then there's this other component of did you accept the reality of what's going on? Were you able to accept what's going on? How did you accept what's going on so that you could just see it for what it was and act accordingly? So that might mean acting accordingly is you basically follow the rules, uh, knowing full well that you disapprove of all of them, that you're angry. You try to manage your emotions uh, in line of, so that they line up with accepting the reality of what's going on. Um, you may have an urge to help other people, uh, probably would, and you know that if you take certain steps to help other people and if it's seen, you will uh, be killed. Uh, so uh, accepting the reality there uh, requires an unbelievable act of just accepting that you happen to be there, that this happened to you, that your choices in the world and the choices in the world around you resulted in you being in this awful situation and now recognizing the reality of it and accepting it from the inside out gives you more chance of skillfully navigating that situation and maybe being helpful to the person next to you in line waiting to get food. Maybe there's some way in which your acceptance of reality uh, is transmitted to people around you and helps them accept reality. And accept the reality of what's going on right now, not accepting it at all in the long run. So there is that. You don't want to mistakenly think that acceptance is means something that's okay. Okay, what else do I want to say about the problems with radical acceptance? Uh, that's it for right now. Now, I want to say something. Uh, I've brought up turning the mind, 
which the way you turn the mind is really way, the way you do radical acceptance in the first place. It just starts from noticing that your mind has flipped back away from reality and into a kind of an internal world of how reality should be. And then you kind of move yourself back to, rea- to uh, accepting reality again and again and again and again and again. Um, that's what could be frustrating. You may have to do this every day and do it in different ways. Um, let me mention another example of something that also emerged today. I swear to God, when you're in the helping professions, but also in other professions or just in your daily life, the number of examples, if you open your eyes to it, of where reality is difficult to accept but important to accept is just, it's everywhere. So I was um, meeting with someone else today and uh, she uh, has a relative who was in special forces uh, in the military and then, uh, and then uh, was in law enforcement and was on a SWAT team and was uh, extraordinarily talented, extraordinarily skillful, extraordinarily motivated, was sort of the best at all of those things uh, in his uh, positions. At a certain point, after many years of this, he had an in, a, a sort of a job-ending injury on the job and could no longer do the job, which was huge. Um, now, realize I wasn't even working, hearing from that person uh, himself, but he was coping with not only considerable physical pain, which was not receding, but he also was coping with the emotional pain of having to retire from something he loved and something for which his skills were honed and that he imagined way into his life. He had, he had many, he had decades to go doing this kind of work. So the question is, what, what, what does one do in that situation? Well, this skill could be called up as a stance from which other things can happen, but this core skill of accepting, radically accepting the losses, stopping fighting the losses, stopping ruminating about the losses to the degree possible, or, just, or start out by accepting the rumination. Accept whatever is, you might say, on top of the pile, and accept that until it settles down and then accept what's underneath that, and accept what's underneath that, accept the pain that you're in, accept the limitations of the treatment for pain, accept the uh, loss of the job. And this is where I want to introduce the concept of willingness. Willingness is a deep concept that is also taught as a skill, the third skill. Um, And willingness, um, it overlaps entirely, as you'll hear. So it, but it has a certain special quality. It, it overlaps in that um, willingness is the, it means that you recognize at a given moment that the whole script of the universe and your own universe and the universe around you, it has been scripted up to this moment to produce this exact situation. And in this situation, you have been delivered this blow of the loss of your career, the installation of pain, maybe the loss of a person in your life, or anything else that's hard to accept. And it's sort of like being willing 
is being willing to accept what the universe has just handed you. Linehan uses two metaphors in teaching this that are in the skills manual, and they're both very helpful. One is uh, imagine yourself if you know, if you're, as most people do at least in America, know what baseball is, and you're, you're at a batting machine, and it keeps, uh, or let's take tennis, uh, it's, it's shooting balls at you so you can practice your tennis. And, you know, every few seconds another ball is shot out of this mechanical or electrical thing. And it keeps coming at you. And ev- and it shoots them out, and they come at you with different spins. Uh, they don't all come at exactly the same place. They don't all come at exactly the same speed. So you're just ready. You're just trying to be in a sort of reality acceptance mode and a correct stance with your tennis racket, and you hit each ball. You just hit this one, and then you hit the next one, and you hit the next one. And while you're doing that, of course, you recognize, gee, I didn't hit that very well. Gee, I missed that one. Gee, oh, what's wrong with me? All kinds of thoughts can come up that can jam up the machine, the personal machine, you might say, the the ball-hitting machine that you are. And radical acceptance and willingness is just willingness to take each ball as it comes at the pace it comes with the spin it comes with, and just hit just hit and hit and hit and hit and if because if you get pissed off and you feel i don't want to i'm i'm getting i don't that one wasn't fair i don't like the way this is going and you stop hitting they start piling up you start getting hit yourself the balls come and they back at you and and they and and it just gets you more and more frustrated and the only uh, radical acceptance willing willingness answer to this is just settle settle back in accept that this was frustrating breathe in breathe out get set up for the balls and start hitting them again take each one the other metaphor she uses which is a similar idea is that you life is a game of cards and every day we're dealt another hand and we play that hand and if we don't like the hand we were dealt with we play that hand it's the radical acceptance of the hand that life deals us and it's so common for us to stop and say but this isn't fair you know in my case, this isn't fair that I got arthritis of my hip early in my life when I loved doing athletic things. This isn't fair when I have three brothers and none of them got that. Um, this isn't fair when the people that I know didn't get this. This isn't fair that I have to cope with pain just walking across a parking lot and other people are just walking along. Well, all of those thoughts are understandable and you could sympathize with those thoughts but actually they are a step away from radical acceptance. They are not accepting the hand that I've been dealt. They are not playing the game willingly. You know, you do this, doesn't work. You do it again, doesn't work. You try another thing, ah, that one works. You do something else, oops, that didn't work so well. Whatever it is, it's just you're constantly giving another hand And the idea is just breathe in, breathe out, accept reality, and play that hand the best you can. So that's the idea of willingness. You know, it's something a little deeper and more mysterious than what we usually talk about radical acceptance. It comes from the writings of Rollo May, an existential psychologist, psychotherapist. And um, 
it, it has a, a, a mysterious quality to it where you accept that you are in, engaged in a universe that you don't understand, that's bigger than you are, and that has all kinds of things happen. And things will happen during your life that you don't understand. And the idea is, can you just play willingly? Can you just go with what is, keep in mind what you're trying to do, do the best you can, try to affect your goals, uh, try to change behavior if you want to, but also be willing to accept the next move, willing, willing, willing. And it involves radical acceptance to do it, but it's kind of like accepting that you are part of something bigger than yourself. Just look at my cell phone here and see that I have two minutes left. So I'm, I'm not going to try to teach more than this. So I have taught you in the course of this, uh, and I have to radically accept that I didn't teach you as many skills as I thought I would this time, but um, I taught you uh, uh, concepts of acceptance and then radical acceptance, some, some steps on the road of radical acceptance, turning the mind as a way to get back to accepting again and again and again, recognizing that we never stay with accepting in a constant way. And, and then this idea of being willing, which is a deeper idea, can affect you every day of just being willing to go with what is. I'm about to go down to, uh, to see uh, my wife and have dinner in a little while. And I don't know what's coming. Both of my children are taking on big challenges in their lives right now and uh, each of them and I'm probably going to hear some things about it. I just got to breathe in and breathe out. Take what comes. Try to take it in. Recognize reality. And if I get upset about something, recognize the reality of that and then just notice that and then try to be willing to play the next hand as well as possible. Okay? Mm -hmm. I encourage you to do the same. So I'll, I do have another podcast next week. I'm going to continue on with and finish up with reality acceptance skills, and then we'll be getting ready for another whole different set of skills for coping with adversity in life. But uh, hang in there with me. I hope this is useful. Bye.